West Limerick 102. The following is the County Views podcast, as broadcast on the 5th of February 2020 from 9.30 to 11pm on West Limerick 102. Joining Pat O'Donovan and Tom Ryan, Christine Neverell Downick, Robert O'Donnell, Con Kremin, John Dalton, Michael Collins, Connor O'Donoghue and Richard O'Donoghue. As this is the County Views podcast, the phone lines and text lines are now closed. Please do not phone or text, otherwise you'll be charged. County Views is sponsored by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. Welcome to County Views on this Wednesday night, a beautiful cold evening here in West Limerick. And I'm joined tonight is Political Night, and we have on the first part of the programme from now till quarter past ten, and we have seven politicians out of the twelve. All twelve were invited, got a written invitation last Saturday. They all replied, and Fine Gael, two people, Patrick O'Donovan and Tom Neville, are unavailable. And Niall Collins replied that he was unavailable. Claire Keating, Green Party, uh, replied she's unavailable. And Shane O'Kelly was coming, but he sent a message this evening that he is ill this evening and I wish him well, and well. he is not available. So the first part of the programme from now till about quarter past ten, I have four candidates uh, for next Saturday's election. And then the second part of it, we have the three remaining, which is uh, Michael Collins and Conor O'Donoghue and Richard O'Donoghue. They'll be from a quarter past ten till eleven. So if you have any questions, you can take them in. Jason Smith is our man on the desk tonight, producer, and you can send your messages and keep them short because some nights, sometimes I think there's a A4 fool's caps we're getting in, so we want time to read all that out. And if you can keep them to questions, really, and I know some people would be politically guided maybe and they'll be trying to trick questions and all that kind of stuff so if you can send we're a community radio we're not a professional radio station so we would appeal to people just be fair and honest with all of our politicians who have put their names before you and again now as i said i'm joined by i'm joined by con Kremen. Con Kremen, Christine Neville Downig, and John Dalton, and Robert O'Donnell, independent. Sweet. And we'll start with Con. Con is a regular man here on the Wednesday night over the years, indeed. Tell me um, about yourself, Con, about a minute now, if possible, Con. Yes, um, my name is Con Kremen. I'm a farmer from, from Arda, and I, I, I got, I'm very concerned about the way the country has gone over the last 20 years. Uh, I campaigned against the Nice Treaty and the Lisbon Treaty. I, I never thought they'd pull the same stunt in 2009 after the, after putting a second uh, referendum repeal in the, after the Nice Treaty. That co- showed that the European Union is completely undemocratic and is a bullying the Irish government. So I'm uh, I'm standing. Why, why are they being bullied? Because of lack of sovereignty we have been uh, acclaimed by, by our government. And the 1937 constitution has been gutted over the last 20 years, but the 1919 constitution is still intact. And it could be our only hope, the plan B, when this country is, is, is already on its knees. I think it's time to, to assert the sovereignty of the 1919 constitution. And um, 
I'm completely uh, the Green Party. I mean, uh, the Americans is right when they call them uh, melons, green in the outside and red in the inside. And it just shows when one of the, the candidates is not sh uh, facing the public here tonight. And, you know, the, the, the failed policies of Fianna Fáil, Fine Gael, the sellout parties, and the people now, I've met people on the ground, and I wouldn't be happy with, with those parties. And the, the, ang the anger is there. People are, people are, are, are in crisis, they're in trouble. I mean, the bills are coming in there, and they're only barely keeping their head over water. I mean, it's time, and uh, they begin to feel like second-class citizens in our own country. Second-class citizens. Our civil rights, our human rights are being eroded. I mean, people in trolleys. And, and we have Robert O'Donnell, uh, <laughs> and tell us about yourself there, Robert. Yeah. Um I'm Robert O'Donnell. I am. Um, I guess I'm just a standard Irish fellow, really. But I, I really promote culture in my own life. I mean, you have to really look at the tr traditions of Ireland. Like, I mean, I, I've done. I do them all. I play hurling, play football, rugby. I play music. I sing. Um, I wasn't happy with my own life from from uh, up in 2013. So I went travelling and I changed my life. And um, my life is more stable now. And um, I went through I went through the the wall really. And I I changed my life. I forced change in my life because I I just wanted to be have values in my life: integrity, honesty, you know, and um, all these things that we're meant to have grown up and I just changed them all and yeah I'm happy who I am today and as I look at the country the country needs change like the country needs honesty integrity and the values like and we're not getting it we're getting lies manipulation and corruption like you know so it's, it comes to a time where you just need to kind of step up to the plate really Christine Vale Downing <coughs> yeah good evening you're very welcome Hello, and you're the National Party the National Party um, the two yeah. previous buyers were two independents so, yeah. that's right thank you Pat my name is Christine Vale Downing I'm running in, in the upcoming elections as a candidate for the National Party um, in Limerick County so basically the reason I'm running is that I feel that the people of Ireland are unrepresented that the government don't engage at all with people um, you know, they, that there are no real incentives for helping people and that it's the, the incentives that they do have seems to be geared towards everybody in the world except the Irish people. Um, only the Irish people are homeless. The National Party are disillusioned with the, the nonsense, the tennis ball politics of propping each other up in the doll and running each other down the doorsteps. Um, a health system that isn't fit for a purpose. Homelessness. Um, where is the cut-off point for mass immigration, or as you call it, um, pet migration? Um, is there an end to it in sight? Because many of our um, schemes, such as family resource centres, um, many really, really good incentives are set up to help people. Mental health programmes are their funding has been cut. And we just feel that it's an absolute disgrace and that the political system is completely and utterly defunct and inept. Thank you very much, Christine. And John Dalton, Renewa Party. Hello, Pat. Uh, yeah. and, uh, hello to your li listeners. It's great to be here and thanks for having me. My name is John Dalton. I'm from Glynn. I qualified as an engineer from UL. I worked as an, a dust engineer and ran my own renewable energy heating business. I'm now a farmer and stay-at-home dad for the time being. And uh, I looked around me and I see rural Ireland is seriously declining. Our villages are decimated and most of our shops are shut down and we need to stop the rot. And uh, like uh, I think every other candidate here, I'm doing, doing this out of duty for country and family and community as opposed to any uh, 
personal personal gain. And uh, I'm deeply concerned that my children will not be able to stay in rural Ireland or in this community. And um, from uh, Renewa, uh, the party I'm with, we cut through we cut through the nonsense and we place emphasis on the core aspects of society, which is the family. And uh, my uh, my core uh, aspects for this campaign is the plight of the farmers and small to medium enterprises, and um, basically looking after the carers, which is looking after the family. And of course, we're joined by Tom Ryan, our weekly panelist here with us. So, Tom, you might go around the ring there, please. Yeah, well, I, excuse me. I'd like to welcome everybody here tonight. Uh, you know, I'm delighted to, to see such a youthful team. You know, and I'm not, I'm not an ageist in any way, but uh, it, it's. Um, I also ran as an independent candidate in 2011. I know what it's like. It's an uphill struggle, and. Uh, Impressed with your, I mean, with, with the enthusiasm that, that you've shown. It's no easy job to put you down your name and, you know, go out and face the public. Con and John are regulars here with us on the programme, and, uh, you know, they've, we've has, had great debates here, and uh, let's hope that we'll, have, uh, that we'll have the same tonight. As I said, I give great credit to the four candidates, and I wish you very well like, in your in your quest, you know, and uh, there are a couple of things that we'll, I, I'd like to ask each candidate, <coughs> me. and uh, also I'd be, you know, that I hope our listeners will be actually in, they were, they were all looking forward to political debate, and uh, this is it, this has been provided by the West Limerick um, in Community Radio, Pat has done a pile of work on Jason, and a team to get everybody notified and to make the appointments and we have another group in after 10 o'clock. So let's use the time to tease out the issues that are involved and also let me say that I would like our listeners to take note of the people that don't, that are not attending here tonight because to me uh, they're on every pole and post and pillar all over the country. Uh, their leaders are talking like, you know, great people they are, they haven't the, the actual, I'd say, the decency really to, to sit down here tonight and debate the issues face to face with the other candidates and with Pat and myself. So, Con, it's good to see you and I wish you well. Good to see you, Tom. And, uh, you know, uh, you have very strong views on the Irish situation and in particularly with Europe and, uh, you know, I suppose, like, as everything goes, the trend and the time is kind of in your favour, you know, like there's, there's a lot of, there's an awful lot of, um, you know, despite and a lot of, a lot of problems with the European Union and with the European idea, you know, so yeah. what do you feel, I mean, what what you propose to do about this, sir, you know? Well, I, I propose that if we, uh, if we stand up to Europe and, uh, by standing up to Europe, we have to, t to take hold of our sovereignty, which we have reneged. And, and one of the main political parties, I think it was the Fianna Fáil leader, said, uh, he said recently that sovereignty is not important. Not important. That's ridiculous. Sovereignty, you have sovereignty over your land. You, you, you don't do, if we if say sovereignty is not important, well, we, the Irish, we don't own our country. So, I mean, sovereignty is very important, Tom. And uh, you, you can see with the fishermen there, we've only... 10% of, 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 we've taught the 8% of the waters, and we've only 3.5% or 8% of, of the quota. 
that shows we got a, a bad deal back in 1972 and uh, that'll have to we should have at least 14 12 or 14 percent of, of, of the catch anyway mm. and that's not good enough and also the farming we, we're we're inundated with, with red tape and you know, farm there's inspections after inspections and and and, and the stress and in, even there's some farmers now taking the white powder and you know what I mean you know they're under pressure from banks and everything and, and, and you know I mean Irish people we don't need that stress and that EDU is behind it they're they're bringing in going to bring in meat from from Brazil cutting down the rainforest and, they, they, and then they talk about putting pressure on Ireland to, to cut down an, an old herd and everything like that complete hypocrisy the European Union has failed. It was a great idea when to start, but when it got too political, it's not good. And, and I have no time for the European Union. I, 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 I distrust them I do completely. Thanks, Con. Okay, Robert, uh, it's good to see you again. We, Thanks, Sam. We passed over before. <coughs> and uh, on another station. And it's good to see you. What, uh, what are your concerns at the moment as regards, as regards issues like youthful issues, uh, the situation as regards drugs, alcohol, and the the actual, what you call, the, the services that are not provided to counsellors. What would you do? What do you intend to do in that area? Yeah, um, as a representative for the younger people, I mean, we younger people have definitely lost their way. Like, they're, I suppose they're lost sheep at the moment, we know, shepherd, like, you know, and they're just the simple things in life, learn how to communicate, uh, connection with, with the older generation, connecting with the younger generation. It's just, it's lacking, the younger generation are lacking that ability to go out and like have a conversation, uh, an educated conversation like uh, with older people and find out what they did back in the day and how they lived their lives, you know, and we seem to be, the younger people seem to be learning a lot off the internet and off the ways they did, like, and people are, everyone's an expert these days on how to live life, like, but really and truly our ancestors and our, our grandparents are the ones who actually really live life to the full. As I said, in, when I started, I changed my life because I was forced to change because my life was, there was a void in my life, like, and uh, I went searching for answers, really, like, and then I, I found answers, too, and one of the most important things I found in my life was faith, you know, and uh, I, I followed religion, I followed Christianity for a while, and that wasn't, that didn't fulfill me because, you know, faith is very simple, like, it's just faith in God, and Jesus said two things, love God with all your heart, your soul, and your mind, and love your neighbour as you love yourself, and you really boil down to the basics, like, when you start to love your neighbour as you love yourself, um, things change in your life, love changes many things, like, it dissolves all conflict and everything, like, so, I mean, when you have a bit of faith in your life, you're you're found, like, you know, the Amazing Grace, the song, it says you're found, like, and I was found, and I, I feel found, and now I feel safe, because if my faith keeps me going, and in 2017, I was diagnosed with a mental illness, and, um, I, uh, I had studied natural medicine in San Francisco. I'm a qualified holistic lifestyle coach. But I was, I suppose, just came to a halt and I went into 5B for three and a half months. And um, I was forced on medication. It's a long story, really. But when I got out, I said to my parents, look, I'll do it myself. And from my knowledge that I'd learned down through the years, I treated myself naturally. And I, I am here now to this day and I'm, I'm, I'm functioning very well. And people I see who's in 5B with me, like, are not functioning very well. You see them around the streets of Limerick and they're, they're on tablets and they're, they're zombies. I know you, you mentioned their medical. The drugs is a serious issue, but what's a serious issue is people are taking psychiatric medication and, and uh, pharmaceutical medication, and it's it's not noticed, but it's actually a huge issue because it's um worse. it's making them worse. Like, and there's well, Robert, it's a it's a it's a fairly serious admission, and, and you have to be congratulated for that. Yeah, great thanks. courage. Uh, yeah, you know, it, took yeah. A, it takes great courage because yeah. your point in your whole aim is in my opinion, like, is central to issues at the moment and never more 
never more like uh, we need somebody like you to hear these. You know, we can listen to all sorts of experts in the whole lot, but I'm sh sure that you would be very concerned about the backup services that are there, the actual, especially in the area of, of the psychiatric area. Christine. Okay, no, I just want to commend Robert there for, for saying what he said. It takes an awful lot of courage to, to come out with something like that. Um, we definitely need some huge, um, serious mental health programs because they're not available. Um, what is available is really is not good enough. Um, I think he more or less covered it there about the, the medication as well, but getting back to what Khan said about the EU, um, he's absolutely spot on too. We, the National Party, we, we have um, a specific, um, we'll say, um, counteraction there in, in place for the EU, and we call it interposition and juxtaposition, and it, I've got it all wrong now, <laughs> I'll be killed. You're fine, go on. But the thing is, anyway, the idea of it is to um, say no to the mass immigration, that we're holding our position, we're standing where we are, we're staying in, in, in the EU, but um, we're saying no, you know, there has to be a cut-off point at some point. Um, we're saying no mass, to what? Mass immigration. So, um, basically, there, the other countries are doing it, Poland is doing it, Czech Republic is doing it, Viktor Orban in Hungary is doing I'm it. Limiting the numbers. And they're vetoing each other. Limiting the numbers going in or coming out? Coming into the country. Uh, yeah, limiting absolutely, the absolutely. Mm. Because, I mean, our, our finest brains are, um, are for export, because there's nothing here for them. And just getting back to the mental, the mental health issue that Robert was talking about as well, and, and many young people are falling into that trap because there isn't anything for them. They can't settle down, they can't buy a house, and buying a house is beyond their reach. Um, it's, it's absolutely impossible. Um, so what is what is there in Ireland for them? Thanks, Christine. Yeah. John Dalton. Yeah, um, I suppose there's a good few issues there to touch on um, um, in relation to the mental health. Um, it, it comes down to family values and supporting the family structure. And, and um, at the moment, uh, that's very fragmented. And it's been led by the TV, which is causing a lot of problems. Um, yesterday, when I was canvassing, I came across a, a young girl who was very interested in politics. And um, before long, I found out that she was um, she was a vegetarian um, because she had made a visit to the doll and because of the indoctrination that's going on at the moment she was convinced that if she had a meat sandwich that she was damaging the planet and uh, so she was uh, she was flooded with fear of, about the climate change and the environment what she ate and there was no uh, she had she wasn't given balance and content after my long day canvas and yesterday sitting down watching the TV eco I came on and straight away went into uh, vegetarian food and uh, a long a long drawn out um, on how, how the farming industry was bad and then for the in-between shots, the videos were showing uh, South American the decimated uh, structures, forestry and everything, which has nothing to do with Irish agriculture, but yet the viewer was being made think that, oh, this is what farming is. And uh, so, um, going back to what uh, Con mentioned there, uh, you have, uh, when you have the politicians um, not making a firm stand against the Mercosur deal, like Poland says no to Europe, mm -hmm. and like when, when there is stuff that's not happening, that's not suiting us, our, our government is not representing us and saying, no, that doesn't suit us. It's, in, it's their job to represent 
represent the um, the Irish national interest, and that is farmers. We were supposed to be uh, joining the EU for a common uh, a common policy, so we could have trade. And, uh, the world would be our oyster, but it hasn't happened that way. So if you look fairly, if you look closely to the newspapers uh, this week, you will see um, the politicians suddenly causing up to the farmers and cares and whatnot. And funnily, funnily enough, their solution to the farmers is uh, alternative green solutions, which is solar farm, farm, wind turbines and whatnot. So they're basically saying the best solution for you as a beef farmer is not to be a beef farmer. So it's it, it's it's kind of a, a funny turn to take, like. Uh, but at the same time, it's keeping the the green um, the green vote happy. Thanks, John. Uh, you're tuned to Bristol Mick 102 FM, your local community radio station. And if you want to call in any question, any topic, any comment, 0696600 or text 0876169800. And as at the present time, we are joined by Contremen Christine Emel Downig and John Dalton of Renua and Robert O'Donnell of Independent. And I have a question there, Conway. Uh, quickly comments on because if you talk too long, you won't get in. Uh, and there are so many topics. Hospital crisis and the hospital waiting list, medical waiting list, Con? Yes. Um, <clears throat> I think th there has to be something drastic done about what's happening in Limerick. They closed down the A&E in Nina and closed down the A&E in, in, in Innes. One of those will have to be reopened, as simple as that. But it's in, in this now, and, you know, I mean, we might, maybe the tomb should be, you know, and, uh, if we had a great wall, the tomb should be reopened. But I mean, one of them should definitely be reopened now because they can't, can't cope. And uh, the, the hospitals, I mean, it's a shame to see our Irish nurses leave, leaving the country. I mean, it's a disgrace what's happened to the to the health, health service, you know. And... Uh, what can I say about it? I mean, tis, 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 that that will have to happen. The A and E now is a crisis. A friend of mine was three days up in a trolley like before he got his hip operated. He broke his hip there six years ago, and and this man worked hard all his life for for low money. Thanks, Con, uh, Robert. Yeah. Hospital yeah, waiting list, hospital crisis, hospitals. Yeah, when you when you come to A and E, it's pretty simple. Like you just have to have a fracture clinic or fracture place that people go for fractures and and broken bones and stuff. Drunken people coming in need to be just put into a bed and they be dried out for the night. But when it comes to anything else like health, people are going in with colds and flus and all these things. The people need to learn how to live healthily. Like, you know, what I mean. What does the body need? Like the body needs magnesium, calcium, sodium, potassium to live a healthy life, to clean out the system. Uh, pancreatic cancer, diabetes, all these things. Dr. Hulda Clark was a cancer specialist. She found that every pancreatic cancer people she studied, 2,000 people she did a study on, and people with diabetes, she found a pancreatic fluke in their cancer, which prevents you from producing insulin. Um, once you get rid of that fluke, the, the body will start producing insulin, so you won't need any injections. Like so, all these answers are out there. Let's you know, it's but. The pharmaceutical industry don't want you to find these answers because they won't make any money anymore. So it boils down to just the truth. And there's people out there that know this, like you know, and they're just silenced basically. They don't want you. They don't want you to know the truth because they, it's a, it's a, it's all a game, like you know. Christine uh, Limerick, some years ago, the, when the, the did a job, so to speak, in Innes and Nina, and it was the centre of excellence was the thing some years ago. And we don't hear that described anymore. But you have, uh, <coughs> as everyone is familiar with it, huge waiting lists for people to get in to get something done, mm -hmm. and uh, literally falling off a trolley is absolutely meeting people from other. Uh, countries in Ireland, some of them even go back to the country they came from for various medical treatment, including having babies. I was talking to a lady lately, or right. she said, I wouldn't have a baby now, and I went back to wherever she came from. It was better there, even though we thought they were... Yeah. Um, 
We have we have actually a solution to that as well. Um, our deputy leader has come up with an idea to abolish the HSE completely and have people will say if they go into a hospital have them covered by an insurance paid by the state. <coughs> That's basically what we would do. We would put it forward, put it into legislation because there seems to be too many administrative staff, not enough nurses and doctors and it's just not good enough. Thanks Christine. Yeah. John? Okay, we need to manage the, examine the managerial structure of the HEC. Uh, middle man management and admin is uh, probably well overstaffed and overpaid, and we need to direct resources to the front line. We need medical professionals with expertise in management to identify solutions, and uh, most definitely open St. John's and um, Innes and Nina, and uh, of course bring our nurses home from Australia and give them proper conditions and pay them properly. Thanks. Uh, John and Tom? Yeah. Well, to be honest about it, um, you know, it's good to see the actual interest that, that, uh, that the EG have taken in this area. It's a huge problem, Miriam, and uh, there's no doubt about it. Like, uh, it's failed completely, our, <coughs> our existing political system, our management system has failed dismally. Although it's run by bureaucrats who are on huge money, and uh, you know it's it's not going to be uh, somebody will have to stand up and be counted. You're you're standing up, like it's up to the people themselves to go out and to identify and see what the what the actual what your what your terms are and what your policies are. And I'd like to, to just ask some Christian there about uh, you know the national the national party, mm -hmm. and uh, you know you're kind of associated with with a kind of anti. Immigration. No, not at all. Well, not, that, 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 that would be sorry, no. No, that, that we, would we, be the, that would be the actual well, way it's been. There's a lot of lies depicted. told about yes, it. Yes, okay. Right. You, you were trans, you, you know, 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 it's been depicted yeah. in the media. Yeah. You know that you've, you've oh. been protested against uh, sure. against uh, the accommodation for refugees, and uh, and that's you, right. You, you appear to be very strong in that area. We are. Have a, have a kind of a, a, what you call a squad that will go from place to place to support people that are against refugees. Mm -hmm. Now, I mean, we are, I mean, our constitution and our, our, our actually membership of the United Nations and the EU, mm -hmm. <coughs> I mean, have us as being, should be able to look after uh, people that are coming from conflict, mm -hmm. from mm -hmm. hunger, and from, uh, you know, places that have decimated with, with, you know, with weather. So Absolutely. What's your answer to that? Absolutely. Well, you see, the thing is, first of all, we're talking about the media here, and we all know that the media is hiding something for um, the political system and the political elite at the moment. Um, and yeah, a lot of the time, you know, the media will say stuff that just isn't true. Only 30% of what you're seeing on RTE is true. Um, the other thing is we're not <clears throat> at all against immigration, but it needs to be seriously controlled. And the problem is <clears throat> we're not against refugees either, because refugees obviously they need protection, they need help, they, you know. But our quota of refugees was 4,000 Syrians. That was it. What happened after that was when people came into the country, they came because the borders are open, because they're allowed. And 80% failed the asylum-seeking um, process, they fail the interview. But what happens there is people come along, um, the, a, legal system, a legal team comes along and they take up 
the cause by way of appeal and these people then are housed or put into direct provision while they're waiting for appeal. And it goes on like that and goes on and it's appealed and appealed and appealed and when these people are here then three years they, they're given citizenship um, papers. And the problem with that is that the whole thing is illegal. But in saying, and that's what yeah, we're against. In saying that, and just a quick one for you, there, uh, does it ever, would it ever uh, uh, occur to your, to your party and to you as, as a person that Ireland, Irish people went all over the world in the same, in the same situation? Now? They did, yeah. but Irish people weren't in the same situation now, Tom. You have to remember that when Irish people went all over the yeah. world, they got nothing for nothing. Exactly. They had to work very, very hard. And back in the 1830s, I was over in America. I went back well. a long way now, Con. Yeah, yeah but, but <laughs> people, Irish people died of the cold and the hunger building the Erie Canal. They were treated very badly in America and in England. And Christian is absolutely right. This is a scam. This is a fraud. And, we, and our, our, our media, we have the most corrupt... Why most do you say it's a scam? It's a scam fraud. because because I see them coming up there from Yugoslavia, well-dressed young fellas. They weren't, they weren't uh, refugees. They were well-dressed migrants. And they had a smartphone. I couldn't afford the smartphone. Right. And they look spend a smartphone. And by the way, they were refugees. There were no more refugees than but the dog outside on the street. Uh, I mean, Robert, any quick comment to we're just going to 10 o'clock break there on that yeah, quickly comment. You have to question how accommodation be, uh, quickly became available for all the migrants. Exactly. I mean, exactly. Um, and Irish homeless. 5,000 of them homeless. And children uh, homeless. Uh, Irish. Primary school John, children. Yeah. Scandalous. We should be ashamed to be Irish. John, John, John Dalton, yes. There's a lot of misinformation there. I mean, like, for example, up to... Here or there, which? Up to 99% of, uh, of um, uh, applications from uh, Georgia and Albania were... 99% were false. That's according to the CSO. And the, the these are objective figures, this is not our opinions. And uh, there's a confusion as well around um, refugees versus migrants. They're two separate categories. Yeah. And uh, and uh, finally, the effect that they're having on the Irish infrastructure is phenomenal. And when they're all talking about a housing crisis, there are like uh, how many tens of thousands of Irish left the shores in 2018. So wh wh the birth rate has fallen. So where is the sudden housing crisis coming from? Exactly. So it's coming from somewhere else and people are not addressing the, where the demand is coming from. Yeah, there's a small and, and, housing crisis, and, there's a big and, immigration crisis. And, 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 and there's a plan to increase Ireland's population by a million, so so th there's something is not adding up here. Yeah. yeah. So folks, uh, it's the changing, changing face, the changing face of Ireland. It's ten o'clock. We'll go to an ad break and we'll be back to you shortly. You are now tuned in to County Views on West Limerick 102 FM, sponsored by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. You are listening to the County Views podcast as broadcast on the 5th of February 2020 from 9.30 to 11pm on West Limwick 102 FM. Joining Pat O'Donovan and Tom Ryan, Christine Neverell Downey, Robert O'Donnell, Con Kremin, John Dalton, Michael Collins, Connor O'Donoghue and Richard O'Donoghue. As this is the County Views podcast, the phone lines and text lines are now closed. Please do not phone or text, otherwise you'll be charged. You are now tuned in to County Views on West Limerick 102 FM, sponsored by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West.
Welcome back, listeners. You're tuned to West Limerick 102, your local community radio station. This program is going out live from now until 11 o'clock. It's repeated tomorrow evening, Thursday from 7 o'clock to half past eight. And my, uh, presently we are joined by the candidates for next Saturday's election, and we'll be joined by three more at about quarter past ten. And presently we have Con Kremen, Christine Nivale Downing, John Dalton Renua, and Robert O'Donnell Independent. I should say Christine, I keep calling her name out, and I don't say she's an National Party, which she is at. And can a quick employment in the, our county area? Employment is very low in, in uh, Newcastle West area. No uh, employment uh, on the lack of it. <clears throat> well, I, I think we have to get back to basics here. We, we have these big supermarket chains coming into, into, into Ireland, into Limerick, and they're, they're, they're operating this below cost selling for vegetables and things like that. And it's, got, it's hitting agriculture, it's hitting jobs. There should be a fine of a 1 million euro for any of these companies. And it is multinationals for, for, for under cost selling of food, meat, and vegetables. Well, and it uh, is job creation. Yeah, kind I know, of I know but, but, for, but you know, which seem to be like. What jobs? I mean, look. If, if we nego- renegotiate our fishing thing, there could be loads of jobs in, in, in the fishing, in, for fishing. That industry. won't happen due to the tire putty you would have yeah, signed know, over yeah. many, many should, should years ago. The fish are gone. Gone. Robert. Um, Employment area. We're flying vegetables in from Europe. Like, why, why don't we buy fields and start growing yeah. vegetables? cattle in from South America, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so if we, if we start... And, uh, and vegetables, are the first two hours after picking them, you'd get the most nutrition. There should be, a, I propose, a 50% grant Con. for small polytunnels Con. For, for people. Con, you realise I had moved on from you. Yeah, OK, OK. Yeah. Yeah. Right, Robert. <laughs> He's a lot to say. <laughs> yes. All right. But, uh, Christine, <coughs> employment okay. and job creation, job creation. in rural well, Ireland in our area. Job creation, the, the, the only jobs that seem to be created is the foreign workers have been brought in um, to the meat factories, um, Goodman's dynasty. So basically the Irish farmer is getting it from all angles. He's getting hammered because he's not getting his, his proper quota, his price for, for grade A grass-fed beef. So they're bypassing the Irish farmer. And the other side of that coin then is that they're bringing in um, foreign workers. So you have, so they're bypassing Irish workers as well. Just two quick comments there on the text machine. Please ask Robert O'Donnell when did rugby become an Irish tradition, especially when the Irish team are not allowed to play, sing the national anthem when they play abroad. Monster, the home of Jim Irish of rugby. Newcastle West. And hi all. When the Irish, this is a support to Christine, I think, and maybe a support in kind of as well. When the Irish went to America, they had to have sponsors to ensure that there would not be a burden on the country. Yeah. They did not get handouts yeah. totally oh. different. What is happening, What's in, happening Ireland in Ireland is disgusting, with, with, disgraceful. With immigrants, Christy Kelly and John. Yeah, look, take a quick look at the um, rural community in, in the county, and I think there's your answer with, with, uh, with, the creation, with the creation of business. And uh, I don't think uh, anyone can uh, come up with any quick suggestions as to what, uh, uh, what promises were fulfilled in the last uh, number of years. Um, if anything, it became more difficult for the small to medium enterprises. Um, I was talking to uh, one man with a, a small garage in the, in the rural part of the county. He was looking for a bit of support. He was told he'd get support all right as long as he moved away from there and into a bigger estate far away. So um, it seems to be that it's not a priority at the moment. And uh, the, the state of uh, the villages, um, the, the shops and everything closing down shows that there's no local business happening. And that's a big, uh, that's a big uh, letdown for our representation for the last number of years. Well, um, we just, um, you know, you're going looking for support and you're looking and you're, um, you're canvassing out and great credit to you and the people with you. 
But um, what would you actually do in, in this, you know, what would you do if you were elected, you know, I mean, and, and there's no doubt about it, like, you, you deserve to be elected, you know, but if that's, that's all going to depend on itself, yeah? So what would, what is your point, your three yeah. points? What would you do? <coughs> well, first of all, I'm an independent, and if I was elected, and if it's public, there's definitely going to be a hung doll. Uh, I'll, I'll do what's best for Limerick. I'll do, you know what I mean? I'll speak out the best, you know what I mean? I won't be found wanting if, if, there's, a, if, if, if there's a good deal for, 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 for County Limerick like, and for the, for the country, you know what I mean? But the my, my first important thing is uh, I, I, the main reason I stood was, was for the sovereignty. We are, not, we are not standing up for our sovereignty. And I, I, I'm, it's an education process. Thanks, the sovereignty is number one. Rather, uh, yeah. Yeah, um, to answer your man's question, yeah, he's right. Rugby is an English sport, and it was founded in the town of Rugby, which migrated to a lot of different countries. Okay, anyway. we lived in Rugby. But anyway, um, what would I do in England? If you give me a power of Milford, Milford Hospice in the morning, I cure the whole place. Yeah. Guarantee, because we talked about the health crisis. If you have to look at what's causing the, all the illness, like and what is causing all the illness to food. <laughs> and you're not the only one with that. I hope to sing a, a clear song for you before I go. Is it, yeah. Have you time? Yeah. You have. You <laughs> give me three minutes. I'll give, give, yeah. give it to you after 11. Interesting, <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay, well. Okay, I'll just say it very quickly. Restore the rights of the unborn child. Um, we need strong. We would. Uh, vouch for or look for a strong immigration control. A rollback of EU federalism um, would have to be part of um, our agenda. Also, supporting the return of our own immigrants, healthcare reform and homes for Irish families. With regard to, with regard to homes, um, <clears throat> Sinn Féin are talking about building um, 100,000 homes. Um, where the money is going to come from, I don't know. However, right, um, the idea that we have is that there are so many buildings, empty buildings, empty houses, bought and leased by county councils around the country. The county councils should be told, fix them up, house our homeless or lose your budget. Thanks for saying, John. Yeah, I'm uh, determined to get Ireland back on its feet and um, I'm part of a positive patriotic uh, party committed uh, to defending family, community and country and we'll put Ireland's needs before the EU and uh, my three main issues is to uh, get a, de a decent pr price for, for the beef for the farmers and um, support uh, small to medium enterprises and uh, ensuring that the family is taken care of by looking after the carers and making sure that people haven't uh, the burden of worrying about uh, hospital trolleys on top of it. Thanks John, there's another question there. Why do politicians never mention the free movement people? People when addressing the problems of housing shortage, overcrowding in hospitals, uh, when the and the EU policies are rarely ever discussed. Yeah, because because our politicians are, have let this country down, they've let the people down over the last 40 years. They've been great Europeans, but very poor Irish people. Thanks, they've Con. completely left the Robert. Irish people down. I don't understand the question, to be honest. I mean, we've we've uh, derelict houses in Ireland. We've boarded up houses in Ireland. Why don't we start attacking them first? We don't need to build any houses. Exactly. Why do politicians never mention the free movement of people when addressing the problems of housing shortage and overcrowding in hospitals? Stuff because they want to make the Irish people a minority in our own country. Already a minority, and it's going to happen very soon. Yeah, as I said already, like, the houses became available for the migrants coming to the country when we didn't have it for the homeless and we didn't have our families. Exactly, yeah. Because it's an industry and they're making money off it. Yeah, Tom, true. Is, is, is the truth. Um, really, if you know, it's been hidden. We're being heavily censored on the internet, um, RTE uh, network. 
and we can't really see what's going on. They don't want us to go on, to know what's going on. And the other thing is that it's the greatest failure of any government to protect their people in the history of this state. Yeah, definitely. 100%. 100%. And, and the same people will probably get voted back yeah. in, do you know that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they, they won't. They Not will. this time. <laughs> Change is coming. I have surprised. confidence for him. I'd be fucking surprised. Have confidence. Have confidence. Have confidence. They haven't spoken about it and they won't speak about it. They'll, uh, they'll dodge around the issue. Um, if uh, there's, a hu- there's talk of a huge housing crisis, but when you're canvassing, you get out of your car with your leaflets, uh, you might as well have left them in the car. The houses are empty. There's nobody in them. Sure. But, but yeah. they're, they're, um, they're, t- they're talking about um, uh, the, uh, a massive uh, demand for housing, but um, they're not talking about where, where is the, the demand coming from. And, and from what I can see, you have, uh, you have adult children being getting a great education, shipped out to Australia, and uh, their homes are left vacant. Oh. And so, so there is a demand coming from another source. Our time, and is, want to our time is almost gone. And there's a couple more messages in here. Hi, Pat. I wish I could vote number one for all the candidates you have on at the moment. So that's a vote of confidence for all of you folks. And hello to the panel. Great to hear such a fine debate. My question is, what do the candidates think about carers in the home and childcare? These positions are not recognized as they should be. Thank you, Linda. That's the last question we have time for. So quickie comments on that, folks, and then your time is up. Yes, um, carers are not being... uh that, that there should be more carers, they should be better looked after because they're taking a lot of the heat back off. Uh, the, the, most, the longer an old person stays in the home before they go into hospital. And also, I, I just want to say, look, if this is the last word, Pat, I'm having a bit of a rally over in the, the Golden, the, in the Galtee View uh, bar and lounge over in Anglesborough tomorrow night at 9 o'clock. If anyone over on that side... Thanks, Con. We'll go over for a pint, Con. Well, and Robert, cheers. Uh, yeah, look, traditionally... The, carers, the, yeah. Traditionally, the the, the kids looked after their parents as they grew older but now these days the kids are sick and they're not able to look after themselves so they need a carer as well so it, it needs to be addressed in many ways but it comes back to loving your neighbours you love yourself because all the neighbours helped each other before and now that's gone like you know yes indeed Christine true they need um, I know the carers are looking for a 20 days respite and it should absolutely be given to them they should also be um, incorporated into some sort of a pension scheme and they should be paid properly John Dalton um, I have experience of this on a personal level and I fully support all their demands. Uh, the carers are, are, are currently making 10 billion of a savings and that's across 330,000 carers. Um, they should uh, the reform uh, the means test and uh, the, uh, the, they should uh, change the, the capital hold from 20k to 50k and uh, full-time carers should not be means, means tested and they have another um, um, number of demands as well and uh, really they're, they're reasonable and it's only, it's only small, it's only peanuts in the bigger scale of things. Thank the carers should be looked after. Yeah, I tell us we have to mention all candidates so the, the election is on the start of the Michael Collins <coughs> being the fall, Niall Collins being the fall, Concrimin Independent, John Dalton Renewal, Claire Keating, uh, Green Party, Tom Neville, Fine Gale, and Christine Neil Downing and National Party and Shane O'Kelly, Sinn Féin and Robert <coughs> O'Donnell Independent and Conor O'Donoghue and Richard O'Donoghue Independent and Patrick O'Donovan Fine Gael. Folks, it was lovely having you. Thank you. You were wonderful and I wish you all the success and Thank the best to look on Saturday. Thanks, Pat. Thanks, Pat. Thanks, Pat. Thanks, Pat. Thanks, Thanks, Good to turn up and to, you know, their views in front of the in front of the people that are listening and that are that are listening tonight. And again, you, you know, you give 
by your presence you've shown that you're really interested and I hope people will recognise that and <coughs> vote for you. you know. And hopefully when the election is over you'll remember we're still here on Wednesday night between 9 and half 11. Thank you very much. We'll go to an ad break. We'll back to you shortly. Thank you. Thank you. You are now tuned in to County Views on West Limerick 102 FM, sponsored by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. You are listening to the County Views podcast as broadcast on the 5th of February 2020 from 9.30 to 11pm on West Limerick 102 FM. Joining Pat O'Donovan and Tom Ryan, Christine Neverell Downey, Robert O'Donnell, Con Kremin, John Dalton, Michael Collins... Connor O'Donoghue and Richard O'Donoghue. As this is the County Views podcast, the phone lines and text lines are now closed. Please do not phone or text, otherwise you'll be charged. You are now tuned in to County Views on West Limerick 102 FM, sponsored by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. Welcome to County Viewers, listeners, on this Wednesday night. We are joined by the candidates for the election, which is on on this Saturday. And if you want to phone in any question or comment, 0696600, we're live until 11 o'clock. This program is repeated tomorrow evening at 7 until Happy State. And as we said in the first part there, we have Tom Ryan, our usual regular weekly panellist. And I am now presently joined by Michael Collins of Fianna Fáil, a candidate, and Conor O'Donoghue of AN2. Richard O'Donoghue has confirmed that he would be joining us but he hasn't arrived yet and the other people uh, Niall Collins sent his apologies he's not available Claire Keating, Green Party sent her apologies, she's not available Tom Neville sent his apologies he was unavailable Shane O'Kelly was available but he sent a message late this evening that he became ill, he wouldn't be able to come and the other man then was Patrick O'Donovan TD and he was unavailable as well. So where we thought we wouldn't be able to fit him in, that we were looking at all kinds of difficulties. It's quite empty looking now. We have two plus Tom Ryan. Now, um, Michael Collins, Fianna Fall, and you might just tell us about yourself in about a minute or so. Thanks, Pat, and uh, delighted to be on this evening. Uh, hello to Tom and to Connor as well, and all the listeners out there. So, um, my name is Michael Collins. I'm originally from Kilidi Parish. Uh, moved to Newcastle West about 25 years ago. Married with uh, three sons. I'm an auctioneer here in town, and I got elected to the council in 2004. So I'm 16 years uh, public representative for Fianna Fáil. Uh, I've been quite active in my community uh, for those number of years. I've been elected for every successive um, council election that I've fought and contested. And last May, I got the highest vote ever. I got the highest vote of all the Fianna Fáil candidates and councillors across Limerick City and County. And for that, I'm very grateful to the people that voted for me. So I'm standing for a general election next Saturday. I'm a first-time candidate. I'm running with uh, my running mate, Niall Collins, for Fianna Fáil. Uh, I was added very late to the ticket because Eddie Ryan, my friend and colleague in the council uh, over in the east of the county, uh, was um, seeking nomination for the past three years and he finally got a call three weeks ago. Uh, he accepted on the Monday and on the Tuesday, after discussing with his family, he withdrew. 
and I contacted Fianna Fáil headquarters. It's not quite as simple as that, don't know, Michael, was it? What's that, Pat? Eddie Ryan was selected at a convention a year ago. He was, and he, he was waiting for the call to get a rubber stamp. Yes. The candidate, and, and that wasn't given to him. No, and, and a couple of days I, before that. So. I didn't interfere in that process because yeah. I'm a good friend of Eddie's, and Eddie had been there looking for it. I didn't present the convention, so I didn't interfere in that process. So when Eddie withdrew on Tuesday, I was quite shocked, uh, and a lot of people were contacting me. Uh, they felt that you know people wanted lots of Fianna Fáil people wanted an alternative to Niall Collins and they wanted a second candidate and I felt strongly about it I rang headquarters and between Tuesday evening and Wednesday morning I was selected uh, so it's a great honour to be selected uh, to run for Dáil Éireann and I've put in a huge campaign over the past two and a half weeks it's just unfortunate that I hadn't had more time or if Eddie had been selected 12 months ago or a year and a half ago uh, you know he'd have been on the ground and hit the ground running because he's um, a very fine politician he's very respected over in his own area and I've no very doubt popular panellist here which absolutely. Many nice yeah. as well, so I've, I've, no, I've no doubt that Eddie wanted it and he'd have done well but look this is the situation now I put my name in the ballot paper uh, as a second candidate for Fianna Fáil to, to give an alternative. Connor O'Donoghue of Ain, sorry, Ain too. Thanks, Pat, and uh, yeah, hello to all your listeners out there. Um, I'd like to thank you, Pat, for inviting me onto the programme. So my name is Conor O'Donoghue, um, running in the general elections. Uh, general election. Uh, I ran in the locals as well. Um, I'm running for AN2, which is a, a new, relatively new party, just over 12 months old. Uh, AN2 was formed by Palant Tobin, uh, principally uh, on upholding the right to life. Um, I'm uh, from Newcastle West. I'm married with five kids. I'm now living in Arda. As I said, I contested the, local, the locals, got about over 2% of the first preferences. Um, it's not about uh, getting elected for me, it's about um, standing and letting people have a choice for a pro-life uh, party. Uh, and I'm doing the same for a general election. There's 17,000 people plus a vote to retain the Eighth Amendment, and I'm giving those people a choice of a party to vote for from a pro-life stance. Thanks, Connor. Uh, Michael, hospital crisis and waiting lists and all that area is in a bit of a mess. Yeah, it's a huge topic on the doorsteps, Pat. Um, we're, we're proposing a, a, f a few uh, changes uh, if we're in government after next week. I suppose one of the biggest things would be to uh, put more frontline... Hello, Richard. I don't know. To put more people uh, in the in the in the front line and to to cut back on the the management because it's it's top heavy, and the emphasis should be at the front line where where services are needed. Uh, one of the proposals that I'm putting forward is that uh, there should be step down services out in the county. We have St Ida's Hospital, where we could have a triage service uh, to stop people going into A and E and overcrowding it. We have the likes of Nina and Innes as well, which would be a huge benefit to open those for those types of services, which would stop the clogging up of A&E in, in Limerick. Uh, that, that's the biggest issue. I, I don't think it's about money, Pat. I, I don't think it's about putting more money into UHL. It's about managing what, what resources are there, uh, opening the bed space that's available, and not sending all the people from the Midwest, from Tipperary, from Clare, or from County Limerick, into one central point that it should be localised and that's what we're proposing. Connor. 
Yeah, plus uh, the health service, the health system uh, is and is waiting lists, etc. Oh, waiting lists, it's in crisis. You know, after they're well, you'd have been well publicised. You know, over 100,000 on trolleys. Um, it really is, 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 it is a crisis. And uh, I mean, the consultants. You know, we, there's lack of consultants in the hospitals. We don't have them. We don't have the nurses. We don't have the beds. Um, I disagree there with, with Michael. I think more money is needed. Um, I know it's it, it is it is a big resource, 20 billion plus. Uh, the, the health to put expenditure into health but um, during the 80s and uh, particularly during the, the Celtic crash uh, there was big cuts to the health service where we did our beds were closed and I agree with Michael you know you have Nina could be opened any John's Ennis um, him, uh, Michael mentioned St. Ives up here in Altonside in Mungris there's, there's a fantastic facility there for uh, respite uh, that's, that's closed at the moment so money is needed unfortunately and the slant to care plan i like it you know it says it's you know it's looking at 70 percent of primary care to be in in, in, uh, in the localities and there's that's looking for an extra almost three billion to be spent on the health service thanks Connor richard has joined us and richard you're very very welcome yes, richard is an independent candidate on the election trail for saturday next and the question i'd asked you before i came into the two lads was tell us about yourself about myself, um, I'm an independent candidate. I'm self-employed all my life. Uh, I believe in working for Limerick. Uh, the main thing we need to work for Limerick is you need to bring people with you. You need to be on the ground, you need to be accessible. People need to be able to talk to you. Uh, since I was elected as a county councillor in 2014 and before it, uh, I was elected in the Derakil district. Um, I never use it as a district. I've covered the whole county. I always have anyone that rang me from within the county. I've always answered and done my best within the county because I don't believe in districts. I believe I'm from Limerick uh, and I represent the county of Limerick. I always have. All my employees are from Limerick. Everything I do within my own work, I get all my supplies from Limerick. Down to my flyers were all printed in Limerick. My posters were printed in Limerick. And I think anyone that is coming out to represent Limerick should put Limerick first. A lot of other candidates that have, have ran in other areas have all um, brought home the goods to their, their county. I don't believe in uh, the party system at the moment because I don't believe any one person should be able to direct the whole party. You're elected by the people to have a view of the people, and I don't believe in the whip system. Um, I was asked you to tell about yourself, and thank you for that. Tom? Yeah, well, I, I'd like, uh, again, Pat, for the welcome to the three candidates here, and wish them very well, you know, and um, we know, we're familiar with the three candidates here that have been Jeff Jinders. They've all been here before. Was all been here tonight, before. Strangely enough. They've never ignored. And strangely enough, the ones that are not here tonight never came in the winners never tonight came by in some before. strange coincidence. Yeah. So be it. That's well, facts of life. It's, no. a, you know, it's, I mean, the programme and, and the radio station, again, it's Limerick, it's West Limerick. And uh, we're glad here uh, for the communicate with people every Wednesday night and debate issues and maybe we we cross actual people and we ask the questions and uh, you know there is a, a good listenership but the most important thing is what you've said now these three candidates have 
recognised the importance of the station, they have recognised the importance of the local issues and local people and they have given their time to come in and to sit down and take a lot of hard questions. Whereas all, what we'll call all heavyweights, my uh, heavyweights everywhere except where they should be, uh, have never darkened the door. Now people should take account of that. There has to be a reason for it. Why? I mean, I mean Richards, Michael and Connor here, we're going to debate issues here tonight and now our last uh, group of people were not elected to, uh, to, the, to the council, they ran, a couple of them ran before, so we were pretty light in them, you know, I mean we didn't, we give them their area to talk about this, about themselves and, to, and issues, but now we're going to, we're going to question our candidates because they are elected politicians and uh, we're able to Told find the them. wrong corner to them and Connor was a, a, also always going to be elected and I hope he will be in the future but Thanks, what I, I'd like to ask Michael you know it's disappointing first of all being in a political we're party. running up against half ten we're running up yeah. against yeah. an ad break so before Tom answers the question uh, Jason we'll take the ad break now and then we'll have the questions when we come back so we'll have a straight run from yeah. now until 11 o'clock for the next half an hour you are now tuned in to County Views on West Limerick 102 FM, sponsored by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. You are listening to the County Views podcast as broadcast on the 5th of February 2020 from 9.30 to 11pm on West Limerick 102 FM. Joining Pat O'Donovan and Tom Ryan, Christine Neverell Downey, Robert O'Donnell, Con Kremin, John Dalton, Michael Collins... Connor O'Donoghue and Richard O'Donoghue. As this is the County Views podcast, the phone lines and text lines are now closed. Please do not phone or text, otherwise you'll be charged. This is County Views. We are live on a Wednesday evening. Please call 069 66 200 or 087 166 9800 to take part in the discussion. You are now tuned in to County Views on West Limerick 102 FM, sponsored by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. Welcome back, listeners. I'm joined by Tom Ryan, the regular weekly panellist, and Michael Connell's final fall candidate in the election for next Saturday, Richard O'Donoghue, independent, and Connor O'Donoghue, A2. And Tom Ryan was about to ask questions there before we went to the ad break. And of course, we are live if you want to text in any question or comment, 0696 200 and 087 And James Smith, producer, is waiting for your calls and messages. Uh, yeah, I, I wanted to just trust Michael. You know, he has um, he's been very brave in actually putting forward his name as short, as such short notice. And you know, I, I believe myself that that this is downright downright, you know, blackguardism on behalf of a political party for to leave a situation with like the left Eddie Ryan for, for 12 months hanging the balance and Eddie didn't know what he was going to be. After being selected at a convention what he was going to be nominated by the headquarters or not. So I, I'd just like to ask Michael, what, what is his actually underst- understanding of that and what does he think and, and what advantage, is that an advantage? I don't think there is but, you know he, he's given a very short time to cover a huge area and you want to be 
be nearly a master a master tactician for to get it all covered. So, Michael, what is your position as regards the treatment you received, number one, from the party itself? Well, I, I suppose it's, it's not so much a treatment I received from the party, it's a treatment that Eddie Ryan received. Isn't that the question, Tom, is it? Yes, that yeah. is the question, yeah. I, um, yeah. I, I believe that, that Eddie wasn't treated fairly because he was approached back in 2016, I think. Was it 15 or 16? A long time ago, anyway. Yep. And he was asked to know if he'd be interested in running as a running mate for, for Niall Collins. And, of course, Eddie was um, going home for it. He was That's very... By the leader of the party, I understand. Yes, correct. Me all mouth Correct, yeah. And, and, look, anything that Eddie has stated publicly, I fully, 100% believe, hmm. because he's a very honourable uh, man. Um, and then it went on and on and on. And then they had a convention. Uh, and I didn't present for a convention, because, again, I was supporting... Uh, Eddie because he, I knew that he wanted to be the second candidate and I knew that they had asked him so I just thought it was a done deal that they'd have to go through the convention and that Niall Collins obviously would get uh, a big vote because he's a sitting TD and that Eddie would be number two which he was and then you had Aidan Gleeson as well uh, who polled third and like to, it's just ridiculous they added Niall Collins on the night that was okay but sure Eddie was number two he got the second highest vote so democratically he was entitled to it uh, so to be short Tom I, I believe that he was regarded and, and he was he was blocked there was a block at some place and uh, it wasn't right and I felt so strongly about it when Eddie pulled out as I stated a while ago uh, that we were losing support on the ground and that we should have a second candidate and I was prepared to put my name on that ballot paper win, lose or draw to give people a second choice within Fianna Fáil. Okay. Are you related to Niall Collins? No, I'm not related to him. That question yeah. has come in. It has come yeah. up quite a bit, yeah. 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 Richard, um, yes. as regards, like, I have to uh, again compliment you on putting forward your name again. You're, you made a, a fair bid on the last occasion. I stood as a, an independent candidate. In, it's, no, it's no small task in 2011 on the disability area, which, which I, on behalf of Just South and the Limerick Friends and Mentally Handicapped, you have, um, you have a good record, like, and what do you, what do you propose to do if you are elected? Now, you are a live contender, there's no doubt about that, we have to say that as, as well, on your record, on your, and also Michael as well on his record with the, on the local elections, which are just passed by this year, I mean, last year. Mm -hmm. He did a very good performance. We'll come back to him on his policies in a few moments, but you as an independent, what do you propose to do? What, what's your stand? What are your main points? And, you know, what are you dissatisfied with and how can you rectify the situation as you see it now? First and foremost, before we start, any candidate uh, that puts their name forward for, for a general election should be commended by anyone going out there because they put their name out there. Michael, you came in t into the game late in the race. And myself personally, I said it here live on radio the last time I thought Eddie Ryan was Blagarda too. Um, this is a de democratic county and the people will elect uh, people democratically. Uh, we all play a fair campaign, so I commend him for the start out. Um, as I said, I got elected in 2014 and I doubled my vote in the Dara Keel district in 2019 as an independent. Um, I was born in Benog. I uh, moved to Drummond and in 1980 with my father and I went to school in Kemalak. And I finished my last schooling days in, in Chrome, uh, the last year next to course. And I moved into Grana, when I married my wife Kay, and we had four boys. 
So um, I'm bank centre in the middle of the, of the constituency. And my two, all my lads then went to Rakeel School and Clash of Truck in Rakeel. Um, what have I got to offer? What I've got to offer is for rural Limerick. I'm looking, I'm in construction all my life and I look at the infrastructure of our towns and our villages and our rural areas. And I see the investment that's been put into the areas has gone down to zero. Um, we need to build infrastructure if we want to get people home. Um, I'm looking, I've went to lots of towns and villages and I've seen houses empty, derelict houses empty. And again, we are saying that we have a housing crisis. Um, and I look at a lot of these houses, and a lot of these houses are actually being stopped from being done up because of conservation. Um, I'm self-employed since 1993. I have done a range, array of buildings, and when I look at the planning laws that are here at the moment, and the conservation laws that are here at the moment, and the infrastructure in our towns and villages at the moment, it sickens me that we can't simplify it. We can keep the front facade of our buildings, we can keep our, keep our streetscapes, but we have to get our next generation into the streets and living in the streets for our towns and villages to get, to get up and running. Connor, again, you're a familiar face here. You have a very, you're a very genuine person. You have high thoughts and uh, ideals. And what have you, like, what, where do you, what do you feel that you could do, like, I mean, as an independent candidate? Well, Tom, as an A2, I'm not independent, as an, as an A2 candidate. Well, sorry. As an A2, yes, yeah. Yes, yes. Um, well, A2 was formed on, 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 uh, on some core principles. And I mentioned one at the opening of the program, which was life and the respect for life. Um, and upholding the right to life. Um, the Eighth Amendment has been, has, you know, we all know about that. That's, that's, that's done and dust at this stage. But we were told during, on the up to the Eighth, that um, abortions would be rare and safe in this country. And the opposite has actually happened. We, you know, unfortunately, we had you know over 3,000 women travelling to England for abortions. Now it's estimated we have between 10 and 11,000 abortions happening in this country, which is an absolute tragedy. We have the case where that poor child above in the maternity hospital was misdiagnosed and was aborted. Um, if you, if we haven't respect for the unborn child, everything else falls flat on its face. How can you have compassion for the elderly? and trolleys if you have having compassion for the unborn child. The unborn child has been evicted, evicted from the human family. They have been dehumanized as inconvenient life forms. We want to go in there, and we want to go in there, and be a voice for those who don't have any voice. Now, we, there are women in crisis pregnancies, and if we got into government, I don't want any woman to have to have an abortion because of a crisis that the government could solve. Whether it's a housing crisis, whether it's financial crisis, whether it's support, whether it's uh, getting support for, the, for these ladies. Thanks, Connor. Uh, Michael, about employment, Newcastle West, and this area in particular, we're a West Limit community radio, but the area around, somebody said to me today, we've hadn't, uh, had a factory or a large employment company of any sort to this area in over 40 years, which is that true? 
That's true, and if Pat. it is, it is unbelievable. That's true, Pat. The last um, major employer in factory to be delivered to this part of County Limerick was Costal in Abbeyfield. Uh, which gladly has grown and has given great employment down through the years. And that's 20 odd years ago, is it? It's more than that, Pat. And if you had the previous one before, that was another 15, that's Yeah. So, look, I, I, I'm going to say it squarely now. We, we, we haven't we, heard we, anyone kicking up about it we, or no, shouting about it. No, no, enough, we, you know? no we have. We have um, the, the local minister um, announced a huge factory uh, three years ago. There was a huge hoo ha about it. The, the mayor. Was? What's that? Artec. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the Mayor of Limerick at the time, Kieran O'Hanlon, a colleague of mine, was out. We had all the big guns from the council. I wasn't there myself. I wasn't invited as a local public representative. I hadn't been invited. Uh, so it was all hush-hush at the time. But it hit the papers and there was going to be 110 high-end engineering jobs going to be delivered. And It was mentioned a few times or announced a couple of times. It was. And look, it's been widely reported in the media, paper media as well. And they haven't happened. They haven't happened. So Why? Well, you'd have to ask the minister that because he's the man that announced it. He's the man that brought but these jobs. Do you charges. know why, like, do you? No. I, I don't know, Pat, because... So do you know with Donald Trump, maybe that he pulled things back to Well, sure, look, if there is an issue in relation to Donald Trump, we need to know about it. Yeah. yeah. Because it hasn't been cleared it up. We, it, we, they haven't come, and it hasn't been, been cleared up. But one of the... I suppose one of the opportunities that, that we have in County Limerick, we have a very, uh, and Richard would be aware of this, we have a very uh, active unit within the council called Innovate Limerick. Um, they're actively trying to bring jobs to County Limerick. Now, they have brought a lot of jobs to the city, but it was announced in the last number of days um, a fund of 187,000 has been granted to set up e-hubs in County Limerick. So an e-hub is uh, a space which is digitally digitally set up for people to work remotely. So you could be working for Google in Dublin. Can I continue, Pat, because it's important? There's one in Talbert. Yes, yes, there's one in Tralee. So, so successful. Very successful. Unsuccessful so, in Talbert. Oh, no, no, well, it's working successfully in Tralee yeah. because I have I visited it. But um, if you're working uh, for a multinational in Dublin, so there's a housing crisis, obviously. There's a mortgage issue. So if you can't get a house or buy a house, if you do, you pay through the nose for it. If you have children, you pay massive childcare costs in Dublin. There's so residential and business in the same block. Yes, so you can work remotely yeah. once you've got high-speed broadband. You can work remotely. So the, the first one to be rolled out is Abbey Field, uh, and that's in the Red Bank, which the council have just purchased. Uh, Ratkeel, uh, Cantor, which is close yeah. to my own home place, uh, and then we'll be rolling out in Kilmallock yeah. and in hospital as well. Yeah. So that's that's going to create Im employment. It will bring high-end jobs. I'm very familiar with it, Michael, and uh, we'll be back sometime in the future to see what actually, when something happens inside them. Yeah, but it's, it's happening, Pat. It's happening as we speak. Sorry, Pat, but it's a question. Uh, employment or lack of in the area in, in the whole county it's all going to Dublin going east and it's the, 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 it's all going to Dublin somebody city. said today when you flush the toilet in Dublin now a heavy shower of rain is going off into the sea because the, the, the capacity isn't there to, yet we have plenty of space plenty of opportunity out plenty, here it's plenty of space and plenty of space, but again there's no infrastructure right you, you're talking about high speed broadband it's not here yet it, it's not adequate yet I've visited places where people like Michael has just 
talked about there that wanted to run their business from home. And I have people that actually have to drive out of their, their home and go into a space within a town to get high-speed broadband because they can't do the work from home. I have people that are actually running a trucking business that can't run their factory, their broadband from the factory. They actually have to do a system from a home base to run a factory. And these people are employers that they've been ran around the country here by, by air and all the rest of them, that they're not providing the proper connections. Now, they're saying that it's going to be rolled out around the, around the county. You might as well roll it there, collect for all they're doing, because they're not fulfilling their promises. They're doing it in patches, and they're leaving out sections of, of areas, and they're doing another patch. And people that are within 100 yards of a certain area, even though they're being employers of 50 people, can't get it. That's broadband, but there are plenty of other things apart from broadband of small employment, small units, etc. Oh, very they're important been, for business to part. Been, sorry? Broadband is a big, big important for any business yeah, yeah, yeah. that are actually dealing internationally, and they need broadband. Connor, employment in the area seems to be, as we said, 40 years, literally since the last factory, apart from Castell in Abbeyfield, 25 That's, years ago. Yes, Nothing has yeah. happened. No, it hasn't, uh, hasn't passed. But I think this stems from, um, you know, from Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael policy. There's a regional imbalance between the east and west of this country. And not only between the east and west, between the city and, and the county. I mean, for, you have 25... Sorry for coming in top of you there. The idea, let's be very familiar, the idea visits Dublin are huge numbers and Limerick are very small and some of the other counties are nearly nil. Mm. So it, it, they're not even introducing them to the county even. No, and like, I mean, if you just look at the, the statistics, Pat, you know, 25% of the population is living in 0.1% of the landmass. So there's 1.4 million people always living in, in Dublin. You know, I mean, it's totally, it's totally skewed. I mean, Dublin is the most congested city in Europe, and it's swallowing. It's swallowing. A report came out to over 60% of the jobs. So this is down to the government policy. The government has to promote the west, the west, the western, west of Ireland, uh, for more job creation. And and we, like Led said there, we should have more jobs out here in, in in local communities as well, and not put it all into the into the centre of the cities. You have 23 or 4,000 people communicating or commu commuting into Limerick City mm -hmm. every day. I mean, we're all we all we all want uh, to do things green for 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 our country. No, thanks. We're just trying to move around as fast as we can. And yeah, questions. Well, what I'd like to what I'd like to ask um, Michael, Richard, and Connor, uh, you know. I, I can see myself like me looking at it and looking at, and following it down the years. I mean, we've had like our representatives in that we've been sending to sending to Dublin, electing them time after time after time. We have the same. We have the same. You know, uh, how could you go to a door at the moment now? We say like after spending nine years in government, and say, look, um, <clears throat> we're going through this and we're going through that. Now, isn't it honest time like that? People like yourselves who are taking up the cudgel here, and you know, you, you have the actual expertise, you have the experience, and say, say look, we're going to change what's happening in County Limerick. We're going to change it, but we can't change it unless we get the support of the people. If you if you like the same people, you're going to get the same. How can you get a different result? But I'd just like to ask Richard one, I mean, one question there, you know. Now, uh, and it, it, it was about the housing and development, which is a very important issue now. We've discussed it in the programme here night after night, and, you know, there are, and I, I'm impressed with his, uh, with his, his experience, number one, 
and Michael the same way, has huge experience at council level. Why aren't he as you know, strong county councillors and experienced county councillors leading the way in that area. Why, like, do you complain when you should be doing things? And last week, I was very, very... When I heard about Sashi and Sashi, Sashi and Sashi, whatever you call him, mm. you know, being appointed by Limerick County Council to give out propaganda, I said, look, there's something wrong. Now, as two councillors... Where are they based, Tom? They'd be in London, I think. A London company, yeah. The yeah. PR company for Limerick City. Tom, I'll take that Limerick. question off yes. you, right? You, you look at it and you talk about buildings and all this. The first thing that we have have done, and Michael has been involved in it as well, right, is the council now have taken initiative where they're CPOing properties in towns and villages that people have actually land banked up. They're in a disrepair. They're now CPOing them. There is uh, two in Ballangarry. There's five have been done in Chrome on the streetscape. And there's, if the person doesn't come, come forward that owns them, they're, they're selling them off in the area. And whoever buys them gets 12 months to get them out of their election. That's number one. You've got to start. Good somewhere. idea. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. The Good other thing it. we need to start here now as well, and we, we've been talking about it in different areas. Um, we've done a, co- a contract there recently where i done a, a building within Kemalak. And 82% of the people that worked in that building were local. And 93% of my credit union members was a credit union building. Right. We had two schools built in Kemalak. And 1% were local people got employment. So we're given jobs out of this county where there is contractors well able to where we'd have local con- people working in them and we're giving them out of the county to contractors where we should have stipulations put in. And I've been roaring for, for a long time that anyone that gets a contract within Limerick has to employ within Limerick a certain percentage. Tom, the, the rebuilding island programme um, introduced by this present government which is now finished, uh, haven't delivered housing to this this country. They certainly haven't um, delivered uh, housing to this county. Um, if we're in government at the next election, and it's, it's pointing that way at this point in time that Fianna Fáil will be leading the next government, um, with who, I'm not, sh- not too sure. But we're proposing to build uh, 50,000 social houses and 50,000 affordable houses. But the most important factor in that is that we propose to cut the red tape uh, that's currently within the local authorities because we're absolutely stifled and strapped by the current government uh, in trying to build houses. They're not releasing money. If, if you have a house in Palace Kenry, uh, that's, um, that's purchased by the council. If, if it's derelict, like Richard said, and, and we see people and we, and we take it up. It could take two years to get funding from central government to get a house done up. So they're talking the talk, but they're not walking the walk. They're not releasing the funds. Michael. And we, no, just one second, Pat. Mm. We, we're being criticised at council level uh, for, you know, for not doing up houses in time or having them boarded up. The council purchase house could be boarded up for two years. That's the problem. We don't have the funding from central government funding to do them up. Michael. So that, that's one area that, that if I'm elected Michael. to Dolly and, and Richard, uh, an auctioneer myself like yes. yourself, Michael. You know it, Pat. I'm familiar with houses that we have sold to Limerick County Council yes. in immaculate, spotless condition, okay. perfect, top of the range in every way, okay. and those houses are still locked up 12 months and two years later. Exactly. They need nothing, not a yeah, penny Pat, to be spent, they're still locked up. Pat, I, I agree, they're probably yeah. better than a lot of the social houses that 
or current yep. council tenants are living in. But again, the regulation... They have That's to, the one I'm living in they, they, they have to, Perfect houses. The, the regulation says that they have to be brought up this, this A3 BER rating standard. And that's where the problem is. They often spend more money in doing up the house than what they paid for it. And then the house is worth a lot less than what they, what they put into totally it. It's totally mad bonkers. It's mad bonkers because you're 100%, Pat, you're correct. And I've, I've been at the council meetings and I've said it. There was a house bought in November 2018 by the Limerick City and County Council. And it was bought for a family that were in, in, in bad need of a house. A beautiful three-bedroom bungalow. They left it sit idle for eight months and I was at them every week to know when they were going doing it. And it turns out that they, the contractors they have doing any small bits and pieces within, within the, the council work, the contractors doing, wouldn't take on the house unless they were getting, going to get five houses at a time. And the problem was they had funded for two or three, yeah. but they hadn't funded for five. So it delayed all the other ones. Rather than saying, listen, me lads, we'll give you... Get the tree done and we'll have the other two ready. Richard Donohoe, it sounds a touch a bit about the lunatics running the asylum. That's Connor. Or Connor. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, we have the two Donohoe's. That's the first mention yeah. to take us, Richard. <laughs> <laughs> oh. um, yeah, it has... Connor Donohoe ain't two, just to clarify. That's the it. man with the beard, yes. It's, yeah. Um, yeah, it has, look, um, I think uh, you know, a lot of people out there are, are disillusioned with politics. And especially if you can see the guns on between the, the swing gate and the, vo- and the voting, the pushing buttons. What you need is people of in- integrity and honesty. It starts there. And then it has to filter down to the person who has the common touch, like the lads are saying here. You know, you're meeting with people, going out talking with the people. I mean, you have the likes of Minister Harris there saying he's proud of the job he did in the health service. When you have hundreds of thousands on waiting lists, you have over 100,000 on trolleys. I mean, an individual like that is completely out of touch and doesn't do anything. It doesn't give any confidence to the public when, when they hear that man talk. So I would like, uh, I think it has to start off with integrity and it has to start, start off with honesty and, and, and people giving, giving their best shot at it. Like we're talking about houses. I mean, in 2018, 2,000 social houses were built by, local, by the local authorities. I mean, if you go back to the 70s, so over 62,000 houses, social houses were built in the 70s. I have it here in front of me. In the 60s, 29,000. In the 50s, 52,000. If our, if our grandparents can do this... Under Fianna Fáil governments. I don't know how governments, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but if they can do that, if our ancestors can do that, and they're looking at us now, they're saying, what in the name of goodness are you doing? You can't Different do it. people there then than the people no, are there now. Yeah, Somebody sure keeps throwing a question to me. Why do politicians never mention the free movement of people when addressing the problems of housing, shortages and overcrowding in hospitals? Michael. What's the question, Pat? Why do the politicians never mention about the free movement of people coming into the country when we have a housing shortage and hospital problems, people don't fit in, and there is no control I, of numbers? Well, well or there no are planning to cater for them, it would seem, by the well, governments. Well, there is certain controls, but we live in a European Union, so yeah. there is free movement within the European Union. Yeah. Uh, and look, we've had immigration in the past from this country where... No, but, but would you not want planning of the numbers if an unlimited number come in, how do the hospital and the schools cater for them if they, know, they don't know how many are coming yeah, in? Yeah, but people can't just come into the country and um, get social welfare. You know, they, they have to work. There, there, is, there are regulations there. They have, they have to work. Uh, and there's a myth out there that if you fly in from Poland tomorrow morning and you've no connection with, with the area or the country uh, and you don't work, you don't get social welfare and you, you don't get free medical care, you don't get free care. Uh, so that's a myth that's out there. That is not true. 
you get accommodation. No, you don't. What about the guys that came in in the ship in Wexford and they were brought up to Dublin? They were that's illegal the, immigrants. That's, that, that's a different status. They that, were brought into yeah, a, a building and then the door was let open and they were running wild through the that, country. That, well, that's a, well, okay, if they break out, that, that's a different story. But, but they didn't break out. The door was left. It was a free access in now. Okay, well, that, they're asylum seekers. And again, there are laws and rules and regulations about asylum seekers as well. Uh, again, you know, if they come into the country, uh, they are housed and then they're processed and uh, over a certain time they, they're, they're sent back. Uh, I'd, I'd just like to, um, to ask our three panellists and I mean, candidates a uh, question uh, about, and this has been a very, it's been a, an interesting week in politics and uh, coming up to the election would be, and we've had, we've had Sinn Féin morning, noon and night for breakfast, dinner and supper and for after hours and everything you like, everything you want to do or say about it. What, what would each candidate here, uh, what would their standing be on associating with, in, in if it came down, it will come down to a, uh, to like a government that'll be made up of independence. Two minutes left. What, two minutes. What's your view on Sinn Féin and their policies? And uh, especially when they're, when they're not represented here tonight either, you know, and uh, they're one of the parties that didn't turn up. Well, my own view on that is right. We've seen the debates last night. A lot of the policies they have don't stack up. Um, they're throwing out, as I can see it, the sweets for everyone to come in. N most of their policies are unachievable, including their housing policy that they put out last night, the, every, every care that they give. They're giving out stuff to the, to the people that they cannot stack up. They were cut out last night on the media. It showed that all of their, their policies, 90% of them are flawed. They're unachievable, but they're putting them out at this time to try and get people to vote for them. Michael, quick well, comment. Well, look, just yeah. uh, just my, my own background is is uh, I come from a very staunch Republican family um, who were involved in the War of Independence and the Civil War as well, unfortunately. Uh, but uh, as regards Sinn Féin, I agree with Richard. There are policies out there that just don't stack up. So it will be very, very difficult to form a government unless they change their policies in certain areas. I, I noticed the Green Party wasn't mentioned at all with any of you, and, and you don't have time to mention them now either. No, Pat, uh, we just sense uh, which yeah, We'll take a quick comment yeah, from quick, uh, on, on, that you're, uh, you're uh, well, look, Pat, 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 of the same family. Yeah, and, and, so. and uh, you know, Pat he said he'd be, he'd be open to talking to Sinn Féin. Um, but he did also say, you know, that Sinn Féin, I mean, the TDs in Sinn Féin have zero, zero influence over policy, that the policies are decided by six or seven people, in, probably in the Army Council. So there has to be certainly a lot of thinking to do before we... Talk with now, gentlemen, it's 11 o'clock. I would like to sincerely thank you for joining us and a quickie comment. Yeah, I, I, I'm just appealing really to the to the pro-life force out there, the 17,000. Um, I'm I'm just going to say straight out here that I'm not going to be elected. Um, I'm, I'm new to I'm new to the I'm new to. You the, should have belief, belief, no, belief, I'm, man. I'm, I'm not going to cut the people like. If you get like, to 17,000, like if you get to 17,000 pro-life voters, you might be elected. Would I you? am appealing to Fianna Gael and Fianna Fáil pro-life voters. Uh, if you give me number one and give number two to your traditional party and whatever candidates, and when I get knocked out, we'll go to your back to your party. Now, Richard, I don't know. Well, I've travelled the county and I've met as many people as I can in the three weeks that they gave us to run in a general election campaign. My, uh, all I can say to the people of County Limerick is 
uh, elect an independent because an independent is an independent voice and there will be one elected from each of the parties I do believe myself and they always need a referee that can steer them in the right direction and with an independent voice I am the person that can do that Thank you Richard Michael Collins Fianna Fáil Pat I just want to say that uh, I'm, I'm pro-life myself even though my party haven't been uh, t- haven't taken that stance but well, I think the I'm party s- did for the leader that at a convention it was it was voted to be pro-life on Yes but it has come up on doorstep so I, 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 I always took a stance that I, I am pro-life and I'm, I'm proud of that yeah. but anyway um, just look I'm standing on my own record being a public representative for the last 16 years there's a huge appetite for change out there on the doorsteps it's coming up every day uh, I can offer that change as a local fresh and new voice and strong voice for Fianna Fáil in County Limerick and I will represent the views of the people and I won't change if I'm elected to Dáil Éireann I'll still be Michael Collins I'll still connect with the people that, that vote for me uh, and that won't, won't change Thank you Michael Tom Ryan you, you're not going for the Dáil at all but you can still have the last word across those guys oh, I yeah. will I, I, I certainly like to thank the, the, the three candidates here tonight for showing up having the guts to show up and having the men for to come in and talk to us about their ideals and what they and I hope that people will support them and I'd like to thank as well Pat yourself and the management here of the radio station that went to an awful lot of rounds to organise this uh, programme tonight and I'd say I, I'm absolutely disgusted and I want people to know my feelings to talk about you know I talk straight that the people that are, are already ele- elected and putting forward their name hadn't they even the decency to turn up here tonight to talk to the, to the people that they represent. Thank you, Tom. I suppose it's Quinson's all right that the three elected people who were elected four or five years ago, that none of, none of them have been available tonight. Now, on next Tuesday night week, we have Steve Davis mm. and Dennis Taylor in the snooker. There are still some tickets available, and it does help to keep the radio on air because it's kind of fairly borderline case. There's a couple of texts before we sign out. Hello to the great panel. Great to hear such a fine debate. My question is, what do the candidates think about the chaos? That was an earlier one. And another one, I wish all candidates all the best with the election. All of you deserve praise going to the election. All three, you do so much work for Limerick. Best of luck from Mickey Brown in Limerick. So, our next... Like he's our famous referee locally. Is he? He is, yeah. Is he? So, Shout out to all the referees in County Limerick. Well, he's balanced. Whatever he's like a referee, and he's, he's praising all the candidates and telling you what and for all of them. And that is Michael Collins Fianna Fáil next Saturday. Niall Collins Fianna Fáil. These are the candidates that you have to vote for. Uh, Con Crimin, Independent, John Dalton, Renua, Claire Keating, Green Party, Tom Neville, Fianna Gael, Christine Neemail Downing, uh, Non-Party, National Party, Shane O'Kelly, Sinn Féin, Robert O'Donnell, Independent, and Conor O'Donoghue, AIN2, and Richard O'Donoghue, Independent, and Patrick O'Donovan, Fianna Gael. And our thanks to Jason Smith for his work tonight and every night indeed. And to Tom Ryan, who has never missed a night here in two years. And to you guys who have been here with us in the past. And whoever you vote for next Saturday, they say go out and vote anywhere to vote for somebody. So the best of luck, lads. And thanks, thanks, ladies and all taking well part. And thank you very much. Thank, thank you. you. West Limerick 102. You've just been listening to the County Views podcast as broadcast on the 5th of February 2020 from 9.30 to 11pm on West Limerick 102 FM. Christine Neverell Downing, Robert O'Donnell, Con Kremin, John Dalton, Michael Collins, Connor O'Donoghue and Richard O'Donoghue. 
Join Pat O'Donovan and Tom Ryan for the discussion. County Views is sponsored by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West.